Let's go live with Jack Kelly. Welcome to the one-of-a-kind LinkedIn live show that will help you with your job search and advancing your career. We will bring in educated career experts who will share their insights and give you inside tips on how to be successful in your job search. Now let's get into today's show with your host, Jack Kelly. Okay. All right. Meeting is now meeting is now streaming. We are live. Welcome, Lee. Andres, now I was going to yeah. make it sound really more, you know, Andres. <laughs> Andres, want to say it like the family. Oh, that is good. Andres. Yes, yes. Thanks Andrese. for having me. <laughs> How's that good? Is that? Andres. They did a good job. Good. Perfect. That's so, good. Lee, today we could, well, maybe Lee could give it, uh, tell a little bit about herself because she has a ton of experience as a recruiter, knows this area really well, yep. is a career advisor full of energy and passion and drive. So maybe tell a little bit about yourself and then we'll just jump into everything. Yep, I think long and long and short of it is I stumbled into the staffing industry um, in recruiting, stumbled literally, um, <laughs> because it started out as a, as, a, as a really bad experience as a temporary employee. And so I was challenged to change the perception of the industry way back when, and I, I haven't stopped doing that. I haven't uh, stopped trying to do that. Um, so I really am on a mission to make sure that recruiters, recruiting, staffing companies, and the people who are represented by those individuals who are representing them have a phenomenal experience. Um, and I just so happen to be a geek, so I specialize in certain areas like marketing, creative, and, and digital. So, Well, that, that's yeah. good. And, you know, for people who are watching this, um, I think sometimes you hear recruiter and just think it's like one size fits all. It's like you hear doctor and you think it's just a doctor, but there's so many specialties. Maybe Lee, you could, and we're going to just dive into this, guys. So, so maybe, you know, Lee, what you could do is walk through, like, hey, the different types of recruiters. And the goal is so that if you're going to deal with a recruiter, what's good, what's bad, what's ugly, what's horrible, how they could help, how they could hurt, good, find the good ones, the bad ones. And no holds bar. We'll just be really transparent and really honest and probably get a lot of hate from people. But what are you going to do? Yep. So, yep. so maybe you could just kind of give a little background on it. Yeah, so first of all, not all recruiters are good recruiters. Not all hairstylists, just because they have a license, are good cutters or good uh, stylists. And not all physicians, just because they have the degree, are good at what they do. To find really what I call exceptionally superior recruiters are, are really, is really based on their story. How does the recruiter articulate what they do and the impact that they make in their own profession? And that means not only for the organization that they represent, the brand that they represent, but for the people that they represent. If they can't tell you how they've helped people land a job uh, at a better job or at a higher rate or get them exposure into some of the brands that they really dream about, then you're working with somebody who is just shuffling papers. They're looking at your resume and they're going to submit you if your keywords align. So, so, so what you're saying, Lee, is like one of the first things you have to do is find out, hey, who is this recruiter? Is this somebody yep. who is an expert in my field? They know the industry. Do they have um, pull? Yep. with the different companies can they get your foot in the door and if so that's cool but if you find out that they don't it's just you're wasting your time right then it's then it's like you're dealing with somebody that just i don't know what they're going to do just like throw in the resume and hope for the best and what 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 other there are a bunch of different types of recruiters so Lee, maybe you could kind of walk through contingency retained yep 
um, even before we get into that, Jack, sure. I want to take a step back into okay. that picking that really great recruiter, because not only does should that recruiter have all the things that you just mentioned, but they should be on your side. They should look at the talent as they are the product. They are what that, the, what that recruiter is representing. If that recruiter doesn't understand what you do, right? If you're talking to a recruiter who has no clue what you do or the impact that you make can't pull that story out of you, can't articulate your value and the impact that you're having on an organization, you are shortchanging your career. You're putting your trust, your brand, your career, mm -hmm. your resume, your future in the hands of that recruiter, right? Whether you're an in-house recruiter or whether you're a third-party recruiter, especially if you're working with a third-party recruiter, your brand can suffer if the right person isn't representing you. So I stop telling people, stop looking at these people as recruiters, start looking at them as your personal representation, your brand, right? So now you're just changing the entire conversation of, of that relationship with a recruiter. So when you start talking about the layers of recruiter or the levels of recruiter, that's when you know when somebody is asking you, Last week, we just had this happen. One of my clients came to me and said, I talked to a recruiter who just wanted to know how much I wanted to make, when I could start, and what geographical location I was in, and um, how I would get to work. And then they were going to submit me. And that's it. That was it. Yeah, that's, that's great. And so that's when I start speaking Sicilian, Jack. <laughs> that's what it comes <laughs> I get you a little angry. I get you. I guess you it, huh? <laughs> because this is the this is the frustration that candidates have. At that point, you're talking to a sourcer, and then add another layer onto that. You may never talk to that sourcer. That conversation may happen on email. So now I can, it's I, I can never understand that. By the way, let me tell you, I can't understand. Yep. To this day, how you could get a relationship with somebody and you're going to represent them as a recruiter or you're, you're a job seeker, and just by going back and forth on text or emails. I, That's I just, because they only care about the paper, Jack. I, I, get, I can't, because I, how do you get to know somebody? You really don't know them, no. who they are. Like, I, even I'll go to a phone call, because sometimes, like, Lee and I spoke before on the, on the phone. So this way, for anyone listening, I wasn't being a jerk and mispronouncing her name. We were teasing and talking about it, because my wife's Italian. She's Italian. They're from Calabrese. Cal, wait, did I say I said it wrong, right? Cal, Calabrese. So, Calabrese, yeah. So, but, so even on the phone. Even if you don't have a Zoom call, and you know, God forbid, now you can't meet people in person. But what are you going to do? But at least on the phone, you get you get a feel for them because just an email and a text, right. it's ridiculous. And if a recruiter is just going to do that, just run away. I mean, it just right. It's just not delete because then they, it shows they don't care, right? If they do that, yeah. isn't that is a tell that they don't yeah. they don't want to put the time and effort in? And it's just like if they're doing that, I wonder. It's just like okay, I'm going to get 20 people thrown against the wall, and maybe one will stick, and I'm not going to invest a lot of time and energy. So this is yeah. what's happened to the recruiting profession. Yeah. That's when you know that you're talking to a sourcer. Yeah. And so how you want to handle those emails, if you don't do what I do, which is mm -hmm. delete them. Um, if you want to engage with that type of a relationship with a sourcer, mm -hmm. your next email back should be, yeah. I'm happy to discuss my qualifications with you and my past performance, meaning the impact that you've made. Tell me what your hiring process is. I have yet to hear back from one of those sourcers yeah. to this day. And that's been going on for years. And there are certain staffing solutions that are out there that work on nothing but the speed of getting candidates into a pipeline, the MSPs, right? 
They focus on nothing but get whether they're direct hire or contingent. It doesn't make a difference. They, you, you are against the clock. Mm-hmm. So now you've got these pools, and I mean hundreds, if not thousands, of people trying to feed a pipeline of resumes just to get it into the system. So they don't have time to sit and talk and qualify candidates. That's that's part of the problem right there is the processes. Processes have driven the behavior, not the other way around. You know, have you noticed this? I, I've been recruiting coming on like 25 years. And when I first started, the average age of an internal HR person, and they didn't call it talent acquisition then, it was you know, maybe, thir- let's say, 30 to 55 or so, and they really knew their stuff. Yep. Now the average age is, is you know, 22, 23. And nothing wrong with 22 or 23-year-old, but like you're saying with a sourcer who is just kind of getting resume flow, yep. they, don't, they don't have that knowledge. And, it, and I'm not blaming them because how could they? You know, they're 23, they don't have experience, they're not being trained for it. So right. for a job seeker, that could be really frustrating because let, let's say they're sending to me and I'm, I'm, I'm a sourcer. And I really don't know, like, if for, you know what, with all the years experience, if I had to like recruit for a Java programmer and things like that, I wouldn't know what to do. You know what I mean? Like I, I, as a recruiter, you're not gonna know everything. You're gonna know some things and uh, you're not gonna know a lot of things. So I wouldn't be able to help. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration too, I'm curious of your opinion, comes in for job seekers because they're dealing with a representative of the company either you know, outside or inside, and your first experience is like, what, this person doesn't know what I do. Right. They're not asking questions. Yep. I think they don't ask questions because they don't know the answer, so they don't want to ask questions. No, they don't. You see that and, too? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm with you on that. So that is, that is the progression of the yeah. quality of a recruiter that you're getting. So you've got the sourcer, then you've got a recruiter who may be a representative of the brand, and they're also doing a checklist of things, right? So they've, got, they've agreed with the hiring manager, whether they're internal or external, mm-hmm. doesn't make a difference. They've agreed that these are the minimum qualifications that we need to validate before they get an interview with the hiring manager. So now you've gone through a sourcer. Now you're going through maybe an entry-level recruiter. The next level is to talk to a subject matter expertise recruiter, a recruiter who is knowledgeable in technology and marketing and design, whatever it is. So now you're starting to elevate the qualifications and the conversations as a candidate that you're having with that recruiter. And you know that you're working with an exceptional recruiter when that recruiter tells you you're going to die in this role. It is not going to give you what you want. If the recruiter's first question is, isn't if the recruiter's first question isn't what do you want out of your career what do you want that next job to look like and then offer you the opportunity to look at the position that they're trying to fill that's it's it's just putting the cart before the horse no that's such an important partly that's such a great great thing that you said because what i've seen firsthand is this and i'll do that if let's say i'm representing you and and i just know it's not going to be the right fit and you're not going to be happy and they're not going to be happy, but I do feel I can make that placement. I'm not going to do it because, and I'm not, and I'm not saying this because I'm a nice guy. I'm saying it because as a business person, it's just going to end up blowing up because you're going to maybe go there, take the job. And then within a month, hate it, hate it. And they're going to know that you're unhappy and then you leave. And then as the recruiter, they're going to blame me and it's my fault. So yeah. It's, it just doesn't pay. It just doesn't pay to do. Yeah, but you know what, Jack? Your motives are not just yeah. about not looking bad. Yeah. Your motives, Jack, and, and I know this um, to be true because I know people who have worked with you. 
But the fact of the matter is, is that you're not just concerned about your brand and your company and be, and, and having that negative uh, negativity on the company and the service you provide. You're also concerned about that human being. You're talking about what it is that you, you're, you're having to do for a candidate, a, an exceptionally superior recruiter does for the candidate what the candidate won't do for themselves, yeah. which is say no. It's so true. It's like, because if, if the way I look at it is this, if, if I'm helping somebody out, it's like, yeah. I take on this responsibility. I'm going to do That's everything right. I can and be really yeah. honest about everything. And again, you know, it is weird because to me, it's just easier to do that. If that makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just to be myself, talk yeah. about, Hey, this is what's good. This is what's bad. This is what you got to watch out for. You know, yeah. here's, here's the pluses, here's the minuses because you know, in the long run, then they, they trust you to believe in you. And then also you feel better about yourself because it's not like you got to worry. Oh, I didn't tell them this one because I didn't want them yep. to know that. And then it's going to come up anyway. So I yep. find out it's just better to do that. And there's so many recruiters who don't, you know what I mean? They'll just say the good stuff, not say the bad stuff, hype the good stuff and make yep. up good stuff. And then it just ends up in tears, you know? And it's well, so dumb. Speaking, yeah. Speaking of tears, Jack, I will tell you that I'm deviating from my typical focus and helping a friend who's standing up a healthcare uh, mm -hmm. company. And I'm interviewing nurses and, and mm -hmm. RNs and, and CMAs for the very first time. And as I'm talking to these women and men, I ask them one question, just one question. What's your most significant accomplishment? Do you know not one of them have been able to articulate it? And I've gone through at least 600 people. Wow. Not what one. That is? What and is when that? I finally pulled it out of these people, yeah. you know what happens to them? They're in tears. They said, you're the first person, recruiter, who's ever asked me what I have done to help, you know, like really yeah. do something significant. That is what recruiters have a responsibility to do is to help people understand the impact that they make. And you know what happens when they do that? The bill rates go up, the pay rates for the talent go up, the quality of service goes up, the more selective we can be, the more confidence we'll have in saying, if you don't want to work with me, you don't have to as a company, as a client, right? You, I am very careful about picking and choosing my clients because I choose who goes in my portfolio on the talent side and the client side. Yeah, I find it, I find it, I'm curious what you see too, is that oftentimes it's really hard for people to give an elevator pitch, to articulate what yeah. they're good at, what they want to do. You know, the, you know, when they ask that question, so tell me about yourself, they'll go back to like middle school and start saying everything. And, and, and the interviewer is like, what? No, I don't really mean that. I mean, what do you do relative to the job? And I don't, and I'm a little thrown off by it because, and we were talking about this earlier, where, you know, before I started recruiter, I would deal with more Wall Street, you know, higher end professionals. So they kind of knew their stuff but a lot don't. I mean, what do you do when you speak to candidates? Like, do you find out they really know how to pitch themselves and how to tell their story yeah. or do you have to do coach them all along? Now, interesting you say that. Storytelling is actually my premier gift. Mm -hmm. um, I can extract stories out of people based on their successes because I ask the right questions and I know what to listen for. Now I have actually created a number of different online solutions and workshops around just that, Jack, just to help people articulate what it is that they do and the impact that they make. And then we spend an awful lot of time practicing that because I will tell you more often than not, people do not get the offer 
-hmm. in an interview when they can't tell their story. That is the number one problem. They get in there and they freeze up or they, they talk around the real meaty stuff because they just don't understand business enough to understand how what they do impacts business. So I take it back to you understand how what it takes for a business to succeed and let's tie everything you do to profit uh, revenue and brand awareness if you can tie what you do to any even if it's indirect even if it's two three layers down you are still helping that company succeed they hired you for a reason what was that business problem and that's how you build your portfolio what and if you, you saw what I was doing back here, my hands are moving all over the place. So I'm trying not to, but you can see me bopping around. That's it's cool. Fun. Go for it. It's a very <laughs> casual thing. Do whatever, you know, move, talk with your hands. That's I, awesome. I'm getting all over Go the for place. It. That's all right. That's cool. Go for it. No worries. Why do you think it is though that people, is it because maybe before the pandemic, it was such a hot market for a lot of people that they just didn't have to. And so those muscles atrophied and they didn't really have to sell themselves much because it's out there. No. What do you think? Now, I think this is happening in college. Nobody teaches yeah. you in college how to represent yourself. Oh, without a doubt. It's just not taught. Um, and only I was very lucky. I had I have a choir, choir of angels that surround me because mm-hmm. every person I have ever reported to in the industry has understood the impact that people make yeah. on a business. So I was taught very, very early on how people make an impact in an organization. And that's that's called business acumen. Most people do not have an understanding of business acumen and therefore it's very hard for them to articulate. Or Jack, how many people have you spoken with who just say, I do just, I just do this. I just do that. Or the receptionist of a company. Remember when we used to have receptionists, Jack? (laughs) I'm I'm old enough to say yes. Do you remember, you know- Can I tell you, I'm old enough to say, I would get faxes. For yeah. resumes, <laughs> right. I put ads in the New York Times in the classified, oh, yeah. and I come in on Monday, and the faxes yeah. will be coming off the machine. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. I remember when faxes were new. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not excited about it. You're like, how how can you put a piece of so a Gen Z is like listening to this and say like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't what is that? What is that? So, or pre- so taking like, an ad in the paper, a health ad in the paper. Yeah, I got a bit like I would go in and I would think. Like, this is magic. How do you put a piece of paper magic. in yeah. a machine here and it's going to go to you, you know, in, in Maryland? I, well, Jack, unless you looked above and saw the little particles, <laughs> right? the air, like, you know, you were that. safe. You were safe. I actually started doing one of these. <laughs> like, where's it, where's it going? Where's it going? But literally that I know it, it was actually happening. But I, I, I will tell you, because we're missing the business acumen, yeah. let me just give you a real story here. Yeah. Two stories. The first story is of a receptionist that I used to represent. She was making, I'm going to say $15,000 a year. I got her $18,000 on her next gig. Nice. Why? Because, I mean, this was decades ago, right? Only because I said she earns that $3,000 because she's the first face and voice of your brand. Don't you want her to do this, right? So that's your receptionist. And then how about the people that used to, you know, clean the floors? Those people were getting minimum wage. I would get them double. I says, what's a lawsuit cost you? Yeah. Because your floors weren't clean enough or somebody slipped on them because they didn't have the, so it's the implication of not having you in the company, which elevates the value of that candidate and the impact that that person has. So it's the implication of not having the positive impact that the candidate has that elevates the salary and elevates what I charge, right? The companies, if you want somebody to come through, 
through this level of recruiter, then there's this is the rate. So the other thing is, is that one of the candidates that I inherited from an, another gig, he was at 30 bucks an hour, which is not a shabby, I'm, I'm sorry, $60 an hour, which is not a shabby income. I got him to $90 in six months, an hour. Big difference. Huge difference. And it's not like I did anything magical. You know, all I did was say, what was your most, I just asked the Lou Adler question of all time. What was your most significant accomplishment? And fortunately, he had somewhat of an idea, but I yanked it out of him. <laughs> and I said, oh, you did this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. The next call that I made to a hiring manager, I said, if you want to work with this guy, this is what it's going to cost. No argument. No argument, Jack, because the yeah. impact that somebody makes has value. You know, it's you the just impact. Gotta find, find it, match. You, you know, an impact, but, and I think you, you probably agree with this, it's just asking. Like so many people, if you're a job seeker or you're a recruiter or like even in sales, you got to ask for the order. Like if yeah, you don't ask, don't it's not going to happen. So you got to ask. And that's a big yeah. thing too, to have, yeah. be bold enough to say, hey, I'm worth $90 an hour yeah. or I'm worth 100,000 salary or I'm worth 200,000 and, right. and, and to fight for it. Now, that's assuming you really do because some people have inflated self-worth and they may not, but let, let's take, yeah, you know, that they really, they really have the goods and they could do it. Yeah, then you gotta, you gotta, you know, now this watch is a little tougher, but you gotta stand your ground and, 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 and pitch yourself and make it work. Or if you have a recruiter, that should work. It's almost like a talent agent, the way you were describing it before, Lee. It's like, yes. instead of a recruiter, it's like a talent agent who's yes. representing you and, and doing the best to get you, you know, get you that great job with that's the money right. you want. That's right, Jack. People are people have a hard time asking yeah. for money because they can't articulate why they deserve it. Yeah. If they could articulate why they deserve yeah. it, and if a recruiter isn't helping you do that, then you're working with a sourcer. Yeah. You're working with somebody who's comparing a job description and a resume, finding the keywords and saying, here, hiring manager, good luck, God bless. When you're dealing with an SME recruiter, you are dealing with somebody who will advocate for you or who will tell you the truth as to why you are not qualified for that position, but you might be qualified for this. Yeah. And they will coach you on how to tell your story so that you yeah. believe what you're saying based on the facts and based on evidence that can be substantiated and the hiring manager will say, oh my God, where have you been? Because I really need your help. And remember that that's the other thing, Jack, is that candidates forget that they're the talent. The hiring manager is in need of talent. They can't grow in their career and they won't meet their company objectives without the candidates. So stop looking at yourself as an employee and you have to throw yourself on the mercy of the court to get a job. No, this is your time, Jack. This is your life. This is your talent. This is your portfolio. You choose which customer, aka hiring manager, you want to serve. It big difference. So stop thinking like an employee. Start thinking like a like a contractor or a provider, like a provider of a service, and that you bring value to the table too. So again. This is the coach coming out, right? And yeah, you, this is right? the coach the coming out. Kind of this, you do that as this well. is why this is yeah. the kind of recruiter or talent agent you want to represent. You want representing you, not somebody who's just gonna fling a piece of paper. Yeah. It's it's a, pretty you, exciting though, isn't it? It's a lot more fun when I talk about that, right? right. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's so the challenge I see now, and this is this is going on pre-COVID, is that um, it used to be internally the recruiters 
would kind of give candidates guidance. Hey, you know, Lee, you did good in this, but not so great. And you got to work on that. You know, when you meet Jack for the next interview, here's what you should do. And that doesn't happen so much anymore. And that that's rough because it puts, it puts the, it's a disadvantage for the job seeker. So I, th I think to follow up on your point, they should kind of push the recruiter to do it. Even, even if they, they in turn get pushed back from the firm, they, you know, they should do it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll go to you, the hiring manager, and and it's like pulling teeth, but you got to do it because you need as much information to pass yeah. back to that job seeker so they could they could do a good job, so they know what they did well, what they didn't do well, what to work on, what not to work on, you know, the little inside tips about the company. Do you know what makes the best recruiters the best recruiters? What's that? They have a pool of candidates they can take with them wherever they go, or those candidates are their candidates for life or their hiring managers customers are their customers for life i can i'm still friends with people that i worked with in the 80s candidate and client side that's amazing i mean that's it because you care you know you want to work with a recruiter who cares so i think that there's a root problem that's happening with the recruitment industry whether it's in-house recruiting or uh, third-party recruiting. And I think it's the, the speed is lessening, right? We need things yesterday. People wait too long to get their, their recs through a company. So by the time that they get to that interview point, they are in such pain that all they want are a bunch of resumes, let me qualify them and move on. So now you've eliminated the need for a SME recruiter because the hiring manager is now just saying, this is, these are the three questions I want you to qualify recruiter, hand me the rest. So we've got to look at the processes that are driving the, the relationships that recruiters are allowed to have. Again, I'm going to go back to the medical industry. Look at how much time you've got to spend with a doctor, 15 mm -hmm. minutes. Is that the way it has to be with recruiters? Yeah, you know, here's, here's what happens. Give me a little insight for what I see from working. Let's say I'll do a lot of contingency, even though they're fairly paid folks. Uh, it, it becomes very ugly because a company, let's say company, widget company international will say, hey, Jack, we want you to help with this role. But then they'll go to you, Lee, and give you the role. Then they'll give it to 10 other people. Then they'll there post it go. on LinkedIn and post it on LinkedIn. Yep. So now you create this, this really ugly bunch of hungry dogs fighting for the bone right. and it's it's and it's gross for everybody so yep. that yeah if if i find a candidate who's good i want to kind of jump on that candidate and get that candidate before anyone else so but it's like diminishing returns because then it's just a it's it's a feeding frenzy and you don't have the time to do everything you want you just want to get that okay from a job seeker to say okay i got your resume let me send it in so the way yeah. the whole system works, it's, it's yeah. kind of flawed. I don't want to say broken because it's such a cliche, but the way it well, plays out, it's just, it's, it just doesn't help anybody because then you get 10 recruiters calling you up, annoying you. And you're like, why is this recruiter annoying you, you know, calling me? And they are because they realize, hey, I could place Lee and I can make a placement fee. And if I don't annoy you and try to get you to go on that job, you know, someone else will, and I'm going to lose out on a fee. Right. So that's the kind of, you know, we created that. We've what? created that. We've created that. The recruiting industry has done that to itself. The recruiting so. industry How do you think? has done it to itself. Yes, because we've allowed it to happen. 
We've allowed it to happen. We need an association at the highest level saying that this is, this is the, the best practice for working with recruitment, with recruitment in, within the recruitment industry and with recruiters, right? But instead you've got, you know, four to five recruiters from different organizations that are calling the same talent. How can you differentiate yourself as an organization if that's happening? It's nearly impossible. It's it nearly does, impossible. It's not a good look for the company either. No, like, mm -mm. no, it's wrong, not. Like, what's wrong with company widget company international when I get 10 people calling? Because it's something got to be wrong. Because why are they getting 10 recruiters to work yep. on it and posting it everywhere? Because yep. it was a good job, you wouldn't have to do that. So yep. it does, it's like a blemish. That's right. And it's have you noticed side. that candidates are starting to put in their LinkedIn profiles, no third-party recruiters? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, to me, is the ultimate slap in the industry's face. When you have got exceptional talent putting notes in their LinkedIn, bold, yeah. <laughs> italicized, yeah. third, not third-party recruiters, not welcome. And how about companies who are putting that in their uh, job postings? Third-party recruiters, yeah. not welcome. I mean, this is this is this is what it's come to and and i draw the line at that so for candidates if you have candidates watching this which i know you do if you're looking for a job one of the questions that you can ask the recruiter is i'm sorry my neighborhood dogs are just starting to sound the alarm i have two shelties that's cool two cats oh so uh, yeah they're not around so it's quiet it's all yeah. good so um so the oh yeah all of the neighborhood dogs are out yeah. now yeah. <laughs> So for your for those who are looking for a job, there are there are two or three qualifying questions that you can ask that recruiter. Number one is, are you a direct representative of that organization, of that brand? Um, are, are, are you a sourcer? Are you just screening entry level? And then the third I always ask is, um, do you understand, you know, do you understand what the business problem is, is that they're trying to solve with this with this position? right? Every position that's open, Jack, is trying to solve a business problem. If the recruiter doesn't understand what that business problem is, you are likely dealing with a sourcer, internal or external, who's not going to be able to answer a lot of your questions. Set your expectations is what I'm trying to get to. As a candidate, set the expectations so that you're not disappointed. Understand that you could be dealing with a sourcer, a subject matter recruiter, or a talent agent three very different types of recruiters. Does that make sense? It does. And then also I'd add too, that you want to make sure whatever recruiter you, you use really knows, we kind of alluded to this before, you know, knows that area and knows, because that's the value they could bring to yeah. the table. Yeah. You know? So let's say for someone like myself, and I do a lot of compliance, these are people who are trying to keep Wall Street safe. You yeah. Know? And you know, I know the hiring managers, you know, I've worked with them in the past. Maybe I placed them there. Um, you know, I, I understand the business. I know what they do for a living. Then it helps, it helps move flow everything because then you kind of could tell your candidate here, here's what to expect when you meet with Lee. Here's what to expect when you meet with Joe and so on. And you can kind of give the insights. You can give the quirkinesses. You can know what they like, what they don't like, what, what's, you know, how your background and you can really, you know, really sell the background of the candidate because you kind of understand how both parties work. But if you don't have someone who knows it, then it's just, as Lee was saying, it's just throwing resumes against the wall because they don't have any value added. All they're doing is a numbers game. 
And it seems like Lee, right? Like you just want to get, all right, let me get a dozen resumes. And I hope that out of that dozen, one's going to stick and that's it. I'm not going to really bother finding out about the person. And it's a big difference between the two. Oh yeah, very much so. And the, the other part to that is, is that's when you become less of that recruiter and more yeah. of that coach and consultant, yeah. not just to the hiring manager, but to the, the talent as well. Yeah. So when you're talking to hiring managers, um, if you've got a sourcer, they won't push back on a hiring manager. If you've got an SME recruiter, they're going to shape that job description. They're going to shape the recruitment approach. Yeah. So big difference, big difference. And, and the latter is much more, is much sexier, right? When you so get we, to shape things. So when you talk about that, let's look at, cause you do a little coaching, right? Some career coaching. Oh, I do a lot of coaching. Okay. Aren't we all counselors as recruiters? Aren't we really counselors? In a way, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, so wait, is there, I guess there's a difference between doing it where you're actually getting paid for it and just doing it as part of the whole thing. I mean, do you do it as part, parcel or a little both? So what do you do? Like, how do you, because you could obviously speaking to just, you know, for the short time we've been talking, you're very passionate about what you do. You're very excited about what you're doing. You, you know, you really want to see what's best for people and help them out the best you can. So what kind of things do you tell people to help them get a job, um, how to really sell themselves, which it sounds crass when I say sell themselves, but like the reality is you are, you know what I mean? You're pitching yourself, you're marketing yourself. I don't know the pro appropriate word, but to help people be their, their best. So I think that I need to take you back, not to the womb and how I was conceived, but I think you need to take my story <laughs> It all <back>. started. <laughs> when I was conceived, no. So what, I'm, a whole, I'm a high school teacher. By training, I'm a high school teacher. So we do take a lot of psychology. We take mm -hmm. a lot of presentation skills. We take a lot of communication uh, classes to, to do what we do, right, as teachers. And we're constantly teaching and selling concepts. For a candidate, it's not that they have to sell themselves. Selling means that they have to, the selling part is getting your resume in front of the right person, right? That's the selling part. Once you are in front of that right person, and that takes knowing your pitch, right? Once mm -hmm. you're in front of that decision maker or decision makers, you've got to be able to represent what you do, how you do it, and the impact that you make. And how you are different, and these are big words. So there's differentiators and there's discriminators. You can share what your differentiators are compared to others that they might be interviewing, but what makes you so different that they, you discriminate yourself from everybody else? That's a term that's used in government RFP responses, right? What is your company's key discriminator? Things that no other company does. Think of that for yourself as well. So when I coach, I won't even represent anybody unless I know they can tell their story. So they have to go through a storytelling training if, I, if they can't tell their story, which is a four-hour workshop. We have to look at their branding, which is their resume and their online uh, content. And then we have to look at how they put their package together. And so until they've got that all together, I won't represent them. And, and that's because- Pretty hardcore, huh? <laughs> Because I guess it makes sense because you feel if they don't have all that together, it's just not going to work. And then that's not fair to any, everybody for the that's right. you know, for the job seeker, for yourself, for the company, because right. you're just going to go in there and bomb the interview and they're going to be disappointed and the company's going to be disappointed. So you better put all the you know hard work. Do you find that there are more people who need that you know, hand-holding and coaching and cheerleading compared to others or or – like what, what kind of percentage? Because I see, I've seen lately just so many, I would say even 80% of the people or 90% really need that extra help. 
And then the even the 10%. Yeah. And because of COVID, I think it really sapped a lot of confidence and enthusiasm and the self-esteem of people who used to have it, but just, just kind of they've been beaten down a little bit. So even so I'm even gonna up my number now. It's like 90 something percent. I mean, <laughs> what, what what do you say? Well, I can tell you this that people are so talented. The people mm-hmm. that I work with are so smart and they're so talented and they're so gifted, mm-hmm. but nobody ever taught them how to look for a job. Yeah. Nobody ever taught them how to present themselves. My first placement was my father, a PhD mm-hmm. microbiologist. Wow. I got him, I was 15 years old. He was my <laughs> first placement. I just so happened to be networked with a former board of directors member at Eastman Kodak. That's amazing. Don't That's ask so me great. how this happens. But I introduced the two of them and my father was made, is make, made almost doubled his income by yeah. going from government to industry. That's so interesting. So at that point, I realized that my father, as brainy as he was, patents to his name galore. He had no idea how to how to network, none. And so well, that makes, that I, kind of makes sense because sometimes you have. And I don't right, want him to. That's you have the right brain, to. left brain, right? It's just that's two not, different parts. Yeah. yeah, that's not why he's on this planet. You go solve the world's problems. Exactly. And keep us all alive. I'll worry about <laughs> representing your career from this point yeah. forward. Wait, so he didn't want you to follow in his footsteps? He didn't want you to be a, a PhD, microbiology, whatever it was? Microbiologist, virologist, yeah. He was, he was, he was, he traveled the world. He, yeah. he he's like the Fauci. He was the yeah. Fauci of, oh, really? of his wow. industry. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So he, really cool guy. Um, long story short, yes, I would say the majority of people, yeah. I would go higher. I would say 95% yeah. of people do not know how to represent themselves or tell their stories because that's not what they're trained to do. Yeah, It's just not their thing. They're expert at doing so many other things. One of my clients had no idea that he drove $10 billion worth of profit in the technology industry. Yeah. Until we, until I pulled it out of him, yeah. I says, what did that marketing campaign do? How did it impact revenue? Yeah. How did it impact brand? Blah, 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 blah. I can see yeah. that. It goes back to what we talked about earlier when you said about you know, they don't teach you in college. They don't. Uh, you know, every summer I would have interns come in, and we, you know, paid interns. And I, I, I'm, I was always stunned, and you think I wouldn't after it keeps happening, that these young people just can't articulate who they are, what they're doing, what they want to do. They can't make eye contact. This is, you know, pre-COVID where you, they could come in the office and talk, you know, they wouldn't be able to shake your hand and look you in the eyes and say, hi, Lee, how are you, you know, and have a conversation. And I'm thinking their parents are shelling out 20, 30, 40, 60,000 a year. A year. They, and they can't even give some freaking coaching. Like you can't have the career right. center, give them some help. I right. mean, it was shocking. And then they just, what happens, they maybe fall into their first job, second job, and you're right. And then they didn't miss, but they never learned the basics of what to do. Yep. And yep. It's, so it's I don't know if you've heard of the Digital Assistant Academy. There, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a cohort uh, started mm-hmm. by a friend of mine, Shamala Prayaga, who is actually the voice interaction or voice conversational AI designer for wow. Ford's autonomous vehicles. Now, is that the woman you're on the, on, on the podcast with? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant woman. Right. So she creates this program. She, she IMs me or emails me one day and she says, I've created this great training program, but 
nobody really knows how to tell their story in a portfolio mm. review. Nobody knows how to tell their story during an interview. Nobody can defend their story in front of a, you know, a panel. Can you please help the students with this yeah. section? So we built a whole career capability that's aligned with her program. So now these graduates, these students are going to be able to articulate what they do, how they do it and how they're different. Yeah. What That's say? how it should be in every college. And most yeah. colleges have a career placement service. They do. Ask, me, ask me what they do. I don't think they do anything. <laughs> ask me what they do. They what bring they do? in companies. That's yeah. all they do is they bring yeah. in companies to recruit their students. Yeah. 99 times out of 100, that's all they do. See, now I'm getting passionate. Yeah. <laughs> Because, because when you see the flaws in the system, you're like, oh my gosh, and they, and and you know they could be fixed, right? They could be worked on. So it's not, it's not something. So like, just so like, how can this ever be fixed? You know, it's just so you know. Oh, wait, these are easy fixes. But these are things these are that easy, actually, you know, you can do. Easy yeah, easy fixes, easy fixes. And I will tell you, in terms of in-house recruiters, um, Katrina Collier. I don't know if you know who she is, but she is. She is also world-renowned in the recruiting stage, mm -hmm. and she teaches recruiters how to recruit. And her motto is, or her mantra, I should say, is we need to be human and humane about this, that we're not just dealing with the paper, that we're shoveling back and forth between hiring managers and candidates. We've got a human being who's hiring somebody because they have a business goal to achieve. We've got a candidate who needs to put food on the table and also has something to offer. So, you know, the recruiter has a responsibility of thinking human, you know, humanely about all parties. And so if you're a candidate, that's another great question to ask a recruiter. How have you, how do you, how do you help your hiring managers? How do you help your customers? And if they don't put the personal business side to it, you're probably working with a sourcer and not a recruiter. Yeah. I think too, recruiters have to do a better job of sometimes being able to say no politely and explaining why they can't help. And oh, yeah. not that they're trying to be a jerk or what, or anything like that, but, you know, and if let's say you came to me and said, Hey, Jack, can you place my friend who's in advertising? I really probably can't. I just don't know what to do. You know what I mean? I don't have any pull there. I don't have enough knowledge. I would be throwing a resume at the wall because I don't know what to do. Right. So, but it's so interesting because rather than and maybe, maybe it's, it's, I don't know, this is more of a guy thing, I think, too. Instead of admitting and saying, hey, I don't know, I, I'm, I don't have experience in that area, I can't help, they just ghost the person or blow them off and make it like it's like the candidate's fault instead of you being honest and saying, I can't help you. Because I even find that, I feel bad because when I say I can't help it, you always feel that tinge of, oh, you really don't want to help me. And like, no, I would want to help you. But then I try to explain how the whole thing works that, you know, you need to be an expert in your space. You have to understand it. Otherwise I'm not going to, you know, I don't have the job orders for you, but there's still always that little bit of like, hmm, why does he want to help me? So it's, and that goes back to what you're saying. I'm, I'm, I'll sign up. If you start this, what you're saying, this whole kind of uh, industry, uh, uh, you know, thing that would represent and, and have the best values and all that kind of stuff, sign me up. I'm aboard because I think that would help. I think that would help both sides. Because it would. It would, would help all sides. So there's three yeah. sides to that, that yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the candidate, the recruiter, and then the hiring manager. Yeah. But the most important thing is we've got to keep the end game in, in our minds yeah. and the recruiter's mind if we're really going to do justice. But you brought up the, a, a really key word, and I'm going to yeah. open this one up. Yeah. 
This is how recruiters retreat, retreat recruiters. We yeah. talked about that earlier. Um, and then we've got the whole ghosting thing. Yeah. Recruiters have a resentment against candidates who ghost. Candidates have a resentment against recruiters who ghost. And now we've got recruiters ghosting recruiters. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's, it's so ugly. Why? Why are we doing this? It's Why so, uh, it, it, every go every with every ghosting incident that yeah. happens, you lessen your integrity. It's yeah. a ding against your integrity. It's just that simple. Close it, it out. It's true because then it becomes like it's a socially acceptable to do that. So like, yeah, all right, I'm not gonna get back either. Or and and it's just self fulfilling and it just becomes terrible. Yeah, it's not even socially yeah. acceptable. It's called yeah. a resentment. And yeah. then you do it in spite. Well, so-and-so did it to me, so I'm yeah. going to do it to this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. apparently it's okay Yeah. because I was ghosted. We've got to cut that chain. We've got you know to break what's so crazy, It's so easy to do this. Like, and I'll get this from candidates, you know, three, like three in the morning on Sunday. Hey, hey, Jack, I'm really sorry to say I got a counter offer. So I got to do what's right for my family. I'm sorry. Thanks for understanding. Uh, goodbye. And of course, they know I'm not going to pick up the phone. So, you know, I'm, I'm asleep. It's three in the morning on a Sunday. But at least they gave the voicemail. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't call that a ghost. I would call that, I, you know what? I even, I even gave them, yeah, but I give them credit because at least they made the call, right? At least no, they, they didn't show up. They're, that's a chicken. You know what? But at least they said something. No, you're much more forgiving than I am. I am. I am. Because you know why I'm forgiving? Again, I got to say this. Not that I'm a nice guy because like, you know what? I've placed, there have been people who F me over, right? You know, maybe went behind my back for a job, you know, did other, you know, and this happens in the industry. It's, it's, this is getting inside baseball, but that happens. You know what? You'll tell somebody about a role and they're like, oh yeah, let me think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, they're working at the company. You're like, you saw the, how, like, <laughs> you went around my back. But I found over the years, it, it, it doesn't pay to gary because I might end up placing that person in the future. And if it's a 20, 25% fee, all right, that made up for my misery. That made up for like, you know, being screwed over. So and, wait, Jack, you would represent that person again? It, maybe, yeah, it depends. If I could make, if I, if I could end up placing that person, I would put my ego aside, put my hate aside because put if I place them, <laughs> but if I could, cause you know, think about it as a business guy, if I could end up placing that person and I know the company wants that person and the company's going to be happy and the hiring managers be happy and this person gets a job. Well, uh, you know what? Yeah. I'll put aside my ego. I'll put it aside. Let, let me tell you. What but I'm, I'm not a Sicilian. Maybe if I was Sicilian, I'd do something. <laughs> different. So, let me so. tell you what the qualifier would be for that. So yeah. I had a woman, I can count yeah. on my hand yeah. in the multiple decades that I've been doing recruiting that yeah. I got slimed that way. I had a client do that to me. Mm -hmm. She, the, the hiring manager, yeah. which was my company client, yeah. decided to offer her a, um, whatever he was going to pay me as a recruiter. He just added that onto her first year base as a bonus. So she went around me and he went around. Yeah. And he went around me. Yeah. So at that point, I didn't get mad. I said, that's yeah. all right. You're going to get yours. Not the problem. Sure enough, not even a year later, guess what? That candidate got slimed by that manager. Yeah. So when you were dealing, so I don't, I'm like you, I don't get mad. I don't it, hold a grudge. It just takes too much he, energy, Lee. He it came back to me yeah. a year yeah. later and she said, I have learned my lesson. I am yeah. so sorry. I will never do that again. And of course I represented her again. Mm -hmm. 
Of course. She, you just have to go through that learning phase. Yeah. But until they admit yeah. <laughs> that, that, what, that, that, that was their yeah. integrity is on the line, right? Yeah. So until they say, no, that didn't work. But I think it's yeah. interesting. We're touching on something here, Jack, that not a lot of recruiters are willing to admit. Right. And it's how the recruiter feels about getting slimed by candidates. Well, and, you know, and, and that's why I think they, by having, and this is what I like about doing these LinkedIn lives, because when I do these, I'm transparent. I, I'm, yep. I'm open to saying my faults and my flaws yep. and what I do wrong and what I screw up. I have no qualms about that. And I think by doing that, people kind of understand it. Like I bet you a lot of people have never even occurred to them that, oh my God, they would go behind your back and get a job. And, 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 you're, and you are who you are. You know? You're Jack Kelly. And yeah. if people are doing that to you, what well, makes other recruiters think that it won't happen to right, them? Because like, uh, especially in my space, why would you do it? Because it's a small world and you're going to find out and you're going to know it. But then the That's companies right. would do that too. I can't tell you yep. over the years how many times I'll put, uh, you know, I'll send over a candidate and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe a year, two years later, wait, Lee is working at Morgan Stanley? Wait, what? I, what? <laughs> I'll call yep. Like, how? wait, I sent you. How did, oh, Oh, I didn't know. Oh, oh, yeah. All right. We'll look into we it. And we and, know. And we, we know. Some, you know, sometimes nothing happened. Other times they would make good on it because they knew. They wait. Sometimes what they do is they wait for you in a contract. What you have is like yep. you have cut, you have, you know, you have, I'll say control, but that's hard. Yep. You have control yep. of the candidate for, let's say, six months or a year. Yep. A year and one day, Lee yep. gets to work at that place. I'm like, you got to yep. be kidding me. Because they're going so around. Waited, they're going around the yeah. additional fee. So what does that tell you? Yeah. It tells me that candidates yeah. still don't understand the value of a long-term yeah. relationship with a recruiter. They don't know how to have a long-term relationship with a recruiter because why? Yeah. Not our, as a profession, yeah. our re recruitment has yeah. become very transactional. Oh, because it's this, Lee. Hey, Lee, I didn't mean to do it. I didn't know that was wrong. I just assumed that they yeah. were going to pay you. I, you know, because yeah. I went yeah. there and I told them that Jack sent me over yeah, no. no, no, they know better. We're not that. No, let's, let's not even go there. Let's not even go there. As an industry, I am on this mission that as an industry, I don't yeah. care if you are in-house or you yeah. are third party, we have to defend the work and the value that we yeah. deliver on all sides of the desk. If we don't, yeah. we're going to continue to get slimed. We're going to continue yeah to be, you know, worked on, over, and around. And of course, guess who loses? Yeah. Not just us, but the candidate's going to lose and the client's going to lose. It's not It's not fair in any yeah. way, shape, or form. So but, that's what we Well, here's to. another thing. Here's, here's like another thing that happens too. When you look at, to show you the weird relationship that goes on, if you look at a resume from an internal recruiter, like one of the first things they'll say on it is, I saved the company 20 gazillion dollars because I didn't have to go outside to outside recruiters. So right away, what they're saying is we're giving a big middle finger to recruiters and, and saying, hey, look, this is how good I am. I'm not using them. So they're like declaring war right away. And then yeah, you'll see that. And then you're working on assignment with them. And you're like, all right, are you using our candidates as cannon fodder for your candidates? You know, so that's right. It's a fair question. It's you know, a fair you, question. Because if you're bragging how you're just doing it without recruiters, but you're using, you know, the services of recruiter and this now I know people who are watching to say, all right, you know what, Jack, you're boring me. This is too inside baseball, but it does pertain to you because then that makes sense. Why? Like why? Like you're not picked up because that means internally they kind of know who they want and now they're getting filler. 
to show a hiring manager, oh, here's 10 people. There's 10 people here, but look at this one. This one is good. And they're, uh, and of course, it's, it's their person, you know? Right. That's and right. that's, and see, those are things that go behind the scenes that you, you know, you, you're not aware of. And why should you be aware of? Because it's just, well, unless, unless you're Jack or Lee, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you're one of us, we know how to screen yeah. for that. Yeah. We know how to ask the client company yeah. where they are in the higher. Oh, well, I'm going to bet for, for, for job seekers, like they wouldn't know, like the all this seeker, stuff. Yeah. That's that, right. Like the job how, seeker needs to ask that. They wouldn't as well. know the, that this the job seeker, yeah. Jack, should be asking the same yeah, questions yeah. the recruiter is asking. Yeah. They should ask, how many candidates do you currently have in the pipeline? What yeah. other resources are you using yeah. to fill this candidate pipeline? And how far along are the current candidates in the pipeline yeah. in the hiring process? Are you using my resume as filler, yeah. right? We pride ourselves in Maryland as not putting a lot of fillers in our crab cakes. And I <laughs> pride myself on the same thing in the candidate pipeline with yeah. the client. Yeah. So proof, proof just yeah. happened. Not even two months ago, not even two yeah. months ago that the client came to us and said, this is a needle in a haystack that you will never be able to find. I sent them six candidates to collab to, to, for calibration. Yeah. And I sent them one to consider. They hired that one person, one, one representative. Yeah. And we filled it in 11 days. And the reason being is that because as a subject matter yeah. expert, we know what we're talking about we were able to have the right conversations with the candidate and the hiring manager to make that magic happen. If candidates don't have that level of trust in the recruiter, then they're just gonna be one of the many. And that candidate deserves to ask the question, where do I fall in the pile? And where do I fall? And where is the pro where are they in the process, in the hiring process? So, yeah, yeah so. Yeah, but I think the recruiters, yeah. ghosting recruiters, yeah. don't, 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 don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so believe it or not, it's like an hour just went by late. That's nuts. Well, Jack, I, 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 I'm, I'm, we're good. Any, any, any last, anything I didn't ask you or that you want to, uh, I love those glasses. That's cool. Thank That's you. cool. Cool. My cat daughter has my daughter has something like that. Like cat glass, I guess they're called cat glasses, kind of. I think yep. maybe hers are yep. a little smaller. Yep. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, hers have come out a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anything um, I didn't ask you or that you'd like to share? Uh no, the only thing that I would I would say in closing this out is know your value. Yeah. It, know your value, the value that you bring, not just in what you do and the impact that you make in, in the skill and the talent that you bring, but know your value as a human being right? Don't, don't ever sell yourself short as a recruiter or as a candidate. Um, once we start doing that and negotiating on what we know to be true, our truth, we lose our moments of truth and we get into jobs that we should not be in. We just, we just shouldn't. And, and every career move, every job you take is part of your professional portfolio. Think about your career long-term, not just in the next six months. Where do you want to be? and make sure your next job and next job and next job help you get there. That's brilliant. That's great. And what a remember great that you are the talent. You are the talent. Do not reduce what you do. That's great advice. What, what a way to end it. That's perfect advice. I love your passion. I love your energy, Thanks. Lee. You're, you're, you're great. You know, if I ever need Thank help to find a job, I'm looking you up. You're going to help me <laughs> my talent agent. Be honored to represent yeah. you. I just don't know what the heck yeah. you do in that financial. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing either. I'm just trying to figure it out like everyone else. So, and if you don't mind, I, I, I want to invite you back because I was thinking, I, you know, I like geeking out, talking about recruiting stuff. So I was thinking maybe I'll do, do something where 
Uh, like for instance, I'm, I'm doing a whole series for compliance professionals, like where from senior level CCOs, chief compliance officers, where the, where things are going, where the jobs are going to be. So yeah. I think I want to start getting together like groups of recruiters to do it. Cause I think it's kind of fun to do what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like sharing, here's what's going on. And I think people who are looking for jobs or, or even not looking for jobs will benefit too, because they're like, oh, I didn't know this is happening. Because a lot of this does cross over to other businesses. We're not the only business that weird stuff happens and there's all these, you can get kind of screwed over and what have you. It's everywhere. So it people is. can relate to that. So, so if you're interested, I think, let me see if I could get a few different recruiters together in different walks of life and, and share this. And I think that'd be you know, a lot of fun for people to listen to. Whatever not, you need, Jack, I'm there. there. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks. It's great. It's great meeting Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so nice much for having me. I appreciate oh, it. My pleasure. Take care. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the WeCruiter podcast. If you want to check out other great content from WeCruiter, make sure to visit us at WeCruiter.io. That's W-E-C-R-U-I-C-R dot I-O. We offer tons of great resources for job seekers and professionals, so make sure to check us out today.